This week on History Makers, we speak to Angela Williams from Her Freedom Foundation. Welcome to the studio. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Matt. It's great to have you along. Now, we've bumped, to each, uh, bumped into each other a few times over the years, and I've got to know a little bit of your story. Uh, but let's uh, just share with our audience, uh, where were you born and raised? Well, you may be able to tell from my accent, I'm not Australian. <laughs> um, I am British. I was born in the centre of England, in the Midlands, in a place called Coventry, and that's where I was raised until we moved to Australia mm-hmm. six years ago. Very good. And uh, let's uh, find out a bit about your faith background. Were you raised in a religious upbringing and was there like a, a conversion experience at some stage? Yes, yeah, so I was raised in a Christian home. We were part of an Assemblies of God church and I was one of the hat-wearing, tambourine-taking <laughs> Christians, you know. <laughs> Doing the Pentecostal two-step that we called it, so yeah, and I, you know, I loved that life, um, and I just remember, obviously, growing up in a Christian home, but I did have a distinctive moment where I gave my heart to the Lord and dedicated my life to the to Jesus, and it was when I was about four years old. Wow! And I was alone in my room. I'd we were we lived in quite a big country manor. Um, and I remember just taking myself away and so I couldn't even hear my family and I was completely alone in my room and I just remember praying this prayer, Jesus, I know that you're real. Would you come and live in me? I give you my life. Um, and I remember it f- distinctively because I felt quite different from that moment on. Mm. Went back down, told my parents about it and you know they were really delighted um, and I've never felt distant from God since that moment. Mm, wonderful. Well, it's a, a great testimony of uh, such a young age coming to Christ. Uh, what were your uh, uh, teenage years like? Did you stay with the Lord through all those years, or did you have a prodigal daughter story? What, what, was, your, <laughs> what was the next step? <laughs> well, often when you grow up in church, you can often have those prodigal stories. But no, for me, I really was quite consistent in my faith and always felt God. Um, and I think probably the, the difference for me was I wasn't following the Lord for my parents. Mm. I wasn't trying to please my parents. Um, I actually had my own convictions Mm. and I knew it was right for me. And I can't say how that happened. I think it was Mm. just what God did for me. Mm -hmm. And so when I came into my adolescent years where we've got all those big decisions of, you know, what's happening, what our peers are doing, I always just instinctively knew what my barriers were Mm. and that I wasn't prepared to overstep. So... Mm. Yeah, I just give grace and thanks to God for that. Yeah. Well, let's get a bit, bit more context to the story. So you mentioned you're raised in a country manor. Yep. When you say that, you think of, you know, Downton Abbey or you know, yeah. something like that. Um, uh, you, your father has been quite successful in business. Tell us a bit about your dad. Yeah, so my my dad is, um, he's now a lord. He's called Lord Robert Edmiston um, and he's been very successful in business another grace of God's story and the blessing of God. And he started his business when I was born. 
um, and it's in the car industry. Mm-hmm. We were importing Subaru cars, and God just took it from strength to strength. Um, and he became um, a millionaire very at a very young age, and God's continued to grow um, his wealth. I think the important thing for my father, though, is that he's always said it's for a reason, it's for a purpose. And so because of that, he began Christian Vision. Now, Christian Vision is a massive ministry. I've got a few friends that work there. Uh, they used to do a lot of work in radio, uh, shortwave radio around uh, Southeast Asia and different areas, but it's now a bit more of a focus on social media and really just trying to get the gospel out there. G- give us a bit of an update on Christian Vision and, and where it's at these days. <laughs> well, Christian Vision um, have released an app called Yes, He Is. Their mission is to touch a billion souls with the gospel. Mm. And you know, my father has a quite an impacting story of how that vision came around. It inv- involves Reinhold Bonnke. That's part of his um, the heritage, and God inspired him that his mission in life was to touch a billion. So over the years, they've gone through radio, as you've said, um, and now, of course, technology's changed and people are more on their mobile phones. So now, really, we're preaching the gospel through the Yes, He Is app. I would. It's small, um, short videos, with gospel messages for different people facing different situations, and it's a wonderful way through social media we can get the word out there. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful ministry, and uh, I know that uh, it's not just in English. You know, you've got many different branches around the world with different languages and uh, infiltrating social media all over the world. Uh, It is wonderful. Uh, John Wimber, one of my favorite preachers, says, throw the nets where the fish are. And the reality is everyone's online, everyone's, you know, on social media. Uh, so we might as well use it as a platform to share the gospel. And uh, some of the clips I know have gone viral uh, over the years. Uh, it's an amazing team. And it's it's uh, got a, an office in the Sunshine Coast in Australia. Uh, what a what a wonderful place to be, uh, you know, suffering for Jesus, hey? <laughs> <laughs> it's great to be called to the Sunshine Coast, yes. <laughs> uh, now let's get back to a bit more of your story as well. So... Uh, you, you, you know, you were. Uh, what did you do when you finished school? Did you did you go to university? Did you work? What's your career been like? Well, funnily enough, my you know my dad was never a big fan of university. So mm-hmm. actually, me and my older brother and sister, none of us went to university. And he he always said, do something practical, do something that's always going to give you a backup and a plan B. So I went into administration. I learnt secretarial skills and just really went down that track, Mm -hmm. but always felt that there was more to my life, that there was a call of God on my life, felt it from a very young age, um, and then started on the journey to pursue what that meant for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell us about uh, how you met your hubby. (laughs) Okay, so my first place of work, I was um, just came straight out of college and I was temporary in a um, government education building. Mm -hmm. And my husband, Noel, he was working in the Reaper Graphics Department. So our eyes met over a steamy photocopier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And he wasn't saved. He didn't have any faith at all. Um, And, you know, it's one of those kind of risky situations that I would never advise any Christian, young Christian girl to go into. But God was very gracious and actually highlighted Noel to me. Um, We began to become friends and we began to date um, and within the first two weeks when my dad actually found out that I was dating Noel, he says, right, I want to meet him. <laughs> he says, um, but I don't want to bring him to our house because Noel didn't know anything about me in terms of the wealth that we had and the home that I lived in. I kept those things kind of private because just for safety reasons so that he knew me first. So my dad said, well, let's meet at church. 
So, you know, Noel's not come from the faith or anything like that. So anyway, I told Noel this and he says, yeah, well, let's meet at church. So that Sunday, he came to a Sunday evening service and um, saw something that he'd never seen before. My dad sat down with him and led him to the Lord. Oh, wow. That's so, a great testimony. Evangelistic yeah. dating. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not recommended, but uh, sometimes it works. Flirt to convert, they say. <laughs> That's right. Uh, wonderful. And uh, tell us a bit about the, uh, the work that uh, your hubby's doing now. So my husband runs a national franchise called What Scratch mm-hmm. um, over here in Australia, and that's um, smart repair on cars. Uh, it's it's growing. It's a growing business, yep. and they've got a number of uh, franchisees oh, around the good. country. So, yeah, it's great. I might get him to have a look at my car, actually. There's a couple of things that need mm. fixing up there. <laughs> you can't seem to avoid cars in our family. Yeah. It just seems to run through. <laughs> okay, and uh, let's continue with your story. So you've been part of this uh, this wonderful charity that you've set up. Tell us a bit about that. Okay, so Her Freedom Foundation is really set up from um, my heart to help girls that have have been trapped in prostitution or have come through uh, in human trafficking. And that's really come from my experience. As I mentioned earlier, I said I, I, I was searching for what the call of God was on my life as a young woman because I knew there was more for me. And I've always lived by the scripture, to whom much is given, much is required. And for me, I've been given so much in my life. We lived in this big, beautiful home. We went on luxurious holidays. We had a helicopter in our backyard. You know, just the blessing of God was substantial. So to me, I knew the call on my life Mm. to use that for, for God's kingdom was substantial as well. And just through a sequence of events, God eventually led me um, to get in my car one day with food and drink in the back and I went with a friend and we just drove into the red light area of our city of Coventry. We began to just get out and start talking to the girls that were working on the streets and just begin to make friends and begin to make those connections, fulfill practical needs, yes, but we were looking at their spiritual life. Um, And from that we built a charity called Embrace that went incredibly well and saw a number of girls saved back restored with their families and, and you know, living a good godly life. And so that has always been a part of me. And coming now to Australia, her Freedom Foundation really is with that view in mind, is to help women become self-sustainable, give them other alternatives than to um, have to work on the streets, mm. whether that's in this country or overseas um, in different nations. And uh, there's been a recent announcement about Dawn Osborne stepping up into the role as CEO, and uh, she's a, a visionary leader. Tell us a bit about Dawn. Well, Dawn is an entrepreneur through and through. She um, can produce many products, sell them. She's just got the gift of God on her for mm-hmm. for entrepreneurship. And so it is exciting for me that she's going to take on the role of CEO. Um, she's very well connected. She speaks at many different functions. And, um, yeah, she's just – we just know that she's the right person for the job. Mm, wonderful. If people want to find out more about uh, this uh, charity, what's the what's the website? Is there a – are they on Facebook? What's the best way to be in contact? 
Um, check us out on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's Her Freedom Foundation mm-hmm. or on Instagram. At the moment, we're called I Bought Her Freedom, mm-hmm. but I think that's likely to change yep. very Wonderful. soon. Okay. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned in one of your blogs recently, I love the, the title of your, your blog, Beneath the Red Lippy. Yes. <laughs> uh, now you mentioned it. I, every time I've seen you, you've had bright red lippy on. So uh, yes. <laughs> now I know why it's called that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned in your blog that uh, you've been struggling with chronic fatigue. Yes. Tell us a bit about how, how that was diagnosed and how you you manage that. Yeah, well, it's been a long journey for me. I've been suffering for about four or five years now and only got a diagnosis in November of last year. And, you know, I ended up actually going over to the States to get some, seek some help because Mm. I wasn't getting the answers. Um, And now I'm able to know and manage the condition because I know what it is and I have to read my body and read the signs. But prior to that, it was this constant journey of going to different doctor's appointments, Mm. being referred to different medical teams, having scans, and just on this perpetual cycle, which is exhausting in itself. Mm. So now that I have the answers, I now can, you know, with God's help, manage the symptoms, Mm. know my body, know what my limitations are, Mm. and then work with it there. Well, it's good to uh, to hear uh, of your testimony because there's a lot of Christians I know that do struggle with with chronic fatigue, and uh, you know you, you ask all the questions, God, why why haven't you healed me? Why this? Why that? Uh, but the reality is, uh, you know, you've just got to take each day as it comes. And uh, one of the most important things for us as Christians is is our personal devotional time with God, mm. um, and uh, that can be refueling in our spirit and and uh, filling up our tank every day. What do you do uh, for your devotions with God? Do you have like a daily devotional you go through? Or what's your what's your your focus on your time with God? Well, morning is best for mm-hmm. me, and I like to read my Bible and pray. Um, but I also have a journal that I just use purely for hearing from God. Mm. And I'll sit there and I'll write the day. Even if I haven't got anything from God, I'll just sit there quietly and I'll write the date just believing that God's going to speak to me and I'm writing it to say, I'm expecting you to speak to me today. Mm. And then I might just get two words and as soon as I start writing two words, it begins to flow. Mm. And I just, and those times with the Lord for me have really helped me through the journey of chronic fatigue. Mm. That's so good. I can share one of them if you like, just one of the revelations because if anyone is going through particularly anything to do with your health, um, one of those instances where God really spoke to me was um, through the Psalm 23, through the valley of the shadow of death. And I got this picture of Jesus leading me into this place. And, um, you know, we know it's dry and it's barren. But I looked over to my left and it was lush and green and there was a waterfall and it was really beautiful. And I'm like, aren't we in the valley of the shadow of death? Mm. And, you know, I felt Jesus just pick up this wheat head and it crumbled in his hand and he said, this is dead because it's not near the source of life. Mm. And he says, but there's the source of life, even in the valley of the shadow of death. And he pointed to the water and he says, and I need you to drink because too many people are eager to leave this place, but there's beauty to be found here. Mm. And I believe that is the purpose for the season that I've been in is that I've actually found a deeper relationship with the Lord. I've found those times where I can hear him speaking to me and to really be fed from him even in that place. Mm, Such a great devotion. I love that. And, you know, I I really believe that it's the key for us as believers to grow in our faith. We'll become stagnant if we don't 
have that living water flowing. It's like you can either be like a, a dam where the water just is stagnant or you can be like a, a, a stream where the, the water's alive. And that's what happens every day when we come to Christ and we read his word and the Holy Spirit comes. It's like a river that flows. And uh, uh, what a beautiful picture. Now, before we go, uh, you shared earlier that at the age of four, uh, you, you came to Christ and uh, had a revelation of uh, you know the gospel. For those who are listening that don't know the good news, uh, share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond to it? The gospel is simply a relationship with Jesus, the one that can free us from anything that holds us back, the one that gives us eternal life. And we may hear that before and it may sound a cliche but it's living and it's real and it's effective and you know as I said as a young girl I instinctively knew what my barriers were I instinctively knew what right choices are relationship with Jesus does that for us it gives us an instinct to know what's good for us what's right for us where the right path is for us to take and it just brings so much fulfillment and joy into our life it's so true. And, you know, I just really believe that uh, people listening right now, if you need to get your life right with God, you know, just say that prayer. Just ask the Lord to come into your life, uh, have your sins forgiven, and uh, you can start that new life in Christ. Not only uh, will you receive eternal life, but you'll receive an abundant life on this earth. That's the promise that God has given us. Well, it's been great to catch up with you today, Angela. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's been a privilege. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. You'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater. And my challenge to you now is to go and make history. This year is the 50th anniversary for the Bible League. They're celebrating all that God's done in their ministry and they're praying into all that He's going to do in the next 50 years. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. To Him be the glory of the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. If you'd like to support the Bible League as they reach the generations to come, go to BibleLeague.com.au. Station sponsor.